Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is a prolific actor, director, Mr. Art Hindle. He's going to be with us in just a second, uh, but let me tell you that the chat room is open, and so if you're listening live, you could join us in the chat room. If you're listening to this archive anytime 24-7, uh, that option is only available if you listen live, uh, but you should already know that. All right, welcome everybody who's here. Welcome everyone who's in the chat room. It thrills me to be back with you today and to have you back with us. Uh, I'm your host, Rex Sykes. My uh, website is Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name. And all of these interviews record live and are archived at the interviews blog at RexSykes.com. Over 400 hours of, of professional filmmakers, actors, writers, editors, cinematographers, you name it, uh, giving away the farm. Secrets, tips, suggestions, advice, how to, what to do, what not to do in terms of making your career more successful, uh, advancing your career, and finishing and completing your projects on time, uh, less expensively, and quicker. All right, so uh, if you're listening live or archived, please go ahead and tell others. Share this near and far. Tweet about it, Facebook it, use your favorite social media means. Uh, call somebody up, email them, and ask them to join you in listening to the show. If you're in the chat room, obviously you can ask questions. So please do that. And before you leave the show today, leave comments at the player. Leave comments right there at the player. It helps my guests. It helps me. And I really do appreciate it. Art Hindle is an actor, director, he's a host, and narrator. He's been involved in iconic productions in the U.S. and Canada and is best remembered for the star of the award-winning TV show ENG. But he's also made his mark in movies with the blockbuster hit Porky's, three classic movies, David Cronenberg's The Brood, Black Christmas, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and in Canada's first million-dollar movie, Face Off. He grew up in Toronto, but he didn't catch the acting bug until he was in his 20s. But since then, he's had a very successful career acting in hundreds of television shows and movies. He's joining us here today. I'm so glad that he is, and I'm bringing him on right now. Art, are you there? How are you doing? I'm here. I'm here. I'm very excited, Rex. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here, too. Uh, it's, it's, uh, welcome. I, there's a... There's a thing in my studio this is go ahead you can tweet you can facebook you can you know you can promote your show and and the last couple of shows i've been using it 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 goes up oh, well that failed so uh things in the in the studio are persnickety but you're here and that is good that's real good so i'm what, happy what, to be here i don't have i don't have particularly anything to promote i uh i promote the industry i promote uh, i promote uh, actors and directors and uh 
and filmmakers in general, and uh, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I, I think I've, I've been that way since day one. Well, you're an actor, but you you are an advocate. I mean, you you're very you're very active in in assisting actors and especially emerging and young filmmakers or or filmmakers at all levels. You also are very active with the union and and with uh, uh, some some of the politics up up in Canada. Uh, yes, uh, we, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a wonderful actress named Wendy Crewson, uh said something once and and we we just continue to quote her she said to be an artist is to be an activist uh and what what she means by that i actually had to define that uh, for an article i wrote for our magazine uh, is that uh you're constantly when you're an artist actor filmmaker director whatever you're doing you know uh, uh, you have to defend your art you have to defend you're going to have to defend your art because you're going to be you're putting yourself up for criticism constantly whether it's a review whether it's uh uh you know comments uh, uh in person or uh constant criticism and you're going to have to defend yourself period um and and you're going to and you're certainly going to have to defend your industry you're 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 are constantly taking shots at at the industry. Uh, whether uh, up here we have uh, we have a lot of tax credits in Ontario, Canada, where I, the province where I live, uh, uh, Toronto is part of that. We have a there's a huge industry there. We're called Hollywood North, and uh, you know our government gives tax credits that attract uh, filmmakers, uh, both uh, domestic and international. And, you know, sometimes the general unwashed public uh, will criticize that. They'll say, hey, that's, that's uh, why are you giving them money in the form of tax credits? Why are you, why are you doing that? Why are you giving money to uh, my industry? Uh, you know, and actually, uh, the truth be known, most industries do get some form of subsidy or, or uh, tax credit or tax breaks, uh, certainly uh, – in the states right now, a lot of people are complaining about the amount of uh, the tax breaks that the big corporations get. So, uh, so that's uh, that's basically why to be an artist is to be an activist is is so uh, uh, prevalent and uh, and profound uh, today. Well, let Finish. me ask you this. <laughs> I, 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 I told you I'm like the uh, I'm, I'm the ever ready bunny, uh, Rex. I warned you. <laughs> No, you're awesome. I, what I wanted to ask you, and I and I hadn't planned on asking you this, but you know, um, I go back and forth between L.A. and Wisconsin, where I'm raising children. And Wisconsin had tax yeah. credits for all of a year, and and uh, this, the government, state government, kicked it out. Um, a very yep. uneducated decision on the part of the state government and the then government, and now the current government. A lot of people in our country, uh, you know, it's 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 torn. There are places that there are incentives, and there are places where there aren't incentives, and people battling back and forth like every political issue that you know is on the plate and on television. Um, yep. There are abuses with some of these places where um, you know they aren't administered well, or they they're nope. loopholes. Michigan, for it, Yep. So the question is, is how are they working in Canada? They've been there forever, it seems like. I know they, that's not actually true, but I remember when. You know, filmmakers started leaving LA for Canada, and and how how do they work successfully? In other words, there are always people who say, "Well, can you prove that these things are working?" And I go, "Well, look at Canada. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, we've got well, all this particularly, business. Yeah, particularly go Ontario. Um, go ahead. No, no, I mean, how do they benefit the community? I mean, in other words, what's the advantage to pulling business in and to having filmmakers come in? And, you know, I mean, there's a multiplier effect. There's dollars spent, there's, but there's yep. tax dollars that go out. How does, how does Canada work it so that it's successful and it's, and it's drawn all of our business up north? Well, it, 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 it actually, uh, let me correct you first on that. It hasn't drawn all of your business <laughs> true, up north. True, uh, true, true. And that's, that's an argument that's been gone on, going on for years. I remember uh, way back, uh, uh, I lived in L.A. for 30 years, as you know, and uh-huh. uh, I remember one day I was going to a, uh, an event at the Canadian Consulate, um, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a home in uh in, in part of Los Angeles, so it looks like a, a, a home, but it's a, quite a nice little small estate, sh- shall we say. And I was walking in there, and they had uh, they had these guys uh, with placards saying "Runaway Production," run, you know, Canada, don't run away production, all this kind of stuff. And they, I was actually walking up, and one of them said to me, "You," he recognized me. How can you? How can you be coming here and supporting them? They're runaway production. You know, and I said, "Well, actually, I'm Canadian." Said, what? You know, but then I have to point out that uh, it's not really runaway production; it's run from production. And 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 what does run from production mean? It means that what they were doing in California, Los Angeles, Hollywood, if you will, is they were pricing themselves out of the market. You know, a, a sound guy and his boom guy down there have become prohibitively expensive. Um, I don't know the numbers exactly, but let's say they were pricing themselves up into five or six or ten thousand dollars a day where you had equally good sound and boom guys in Canada, in Toronto, in Vancouver, in New York, in Louisiana, somewhere who could do the same job and were willing to do the same job for two thousand a day, which is a good a good wage, you know, for the day for the both of them. So that's what they did. It was really run from production. And uh, the second part of your question about tax credits, uh, as you just mentioned, it tax credits uh, are attractive. They bring people here. They 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 get a tax credit on on uh, some parts of the production and. Uh, Really, it's a kind of a kickback money uh, thing, and what it does is it brings that ten million dollar production into this into your community, and that ten million dollars gets spent in your community. It gets spent uh, whether it's renting uh, apartments or hotels for the uh, actors and the crew that they bring in, maybe the director, etc., producers, all that kind of stuff. Or they rent vehicles, or they rent film equipment, or they rent uh, locations and houses to shoot in, or whatever they do. And then on top of that, they're they're hiring local people who who make money from that production, and then they go out and spend it. They go and spend it at the grocery store, at the video store, at the electronics store, or you know for the nannies or whatever. So. It just keeps compounding and uh, exponentially creating an incredible economy. And back in the day, even before the tax credits, what they used to come up to Canada for was the low uh, Canadian dollar, which was uh, 
functioning, I think, at some sometimes it was down as low as, uh, I think, 60 cents to the American dollar. So really what you were getting when you came up here was you were getting 40% more money to play with in your movie, right? right? So you were, you were making a movie that instead of uh, it looked like $10 million, now it looked like $14 million, so, or, you know, various... Sure. Ratios, but but that was that was basically what it was, and it's, and you know, and and you you're right, you know, Wisconsin has you know right wing leadership. They cut off that thing, and and I'm sure there are a lot of people who'd love to shoot in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not much different than Ontario, certainly in in locations and things like that. It's a wonderful state, uh, and uh, you know they also not only did they do that but they they attacked the unions and uh, i just recently posted on facebook a thing by a, a british uh, a director who says he loves hollywood he loves working over here because of the unions and oh, i always yeah. argue yeah. with uh, i always argue with these young filmmakers that i i mentor and that uh, come to me and and they want to uh, you know they want to make their film and they're they're vacillating between union and non-union you know non-union won't cost me anything you know i can get i can get you know the guy next door who who thinks he wants to be an actor and all that kind of stuff and i said yeah you can get him and it's going to be cheap i said but you know you might be all set up to shoot one day and he might decide you know what i don't like this acting i'm I'm not going to come in today and you know what uh that's you know that's going to happen but that, but that, the pro actor, the union actor, you hire, and we have great rates. We have we have sometimes we have we have different uh, kinds of systems at Actra that you can use, like a tip. We call it a tip program. That's just an acronym. But anyway, the actor will get a hundred dollars a day, and that's that's cheap. You can get you can get uh, you can get me for a hundred dollars a day, okay? And I'll come in, and I will be there if I tell you i'm going to work that day i'm going to work that day and if i don't work that day i'm going to get um uh disciplined by my union so that's that's the main difference and the second difference of course between union and non-union is the union actor is professional has experience and what and he will deliver on screen and i always tell directors young directors particularly you know you can have the best script the best cinematographer the best location the best crew, you can be the best director, but if the actor on on screen does not deliver, you will never get another job because your film will look like shit, and that's the one you're going to have to bring to somebody, and they're going to say, have, have you had experience? Oh, yes, here's my last film. Hi, I am the actor. I am playing a role in this, and, you know, and they're going to just say, that's the best you could do? I'm sorry. You know, we're, we're going to spend our money elsewhere. You know, it. it <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I, I you didn't cut me off. I, I'm joking that I'm the I'm the bunny, and I'll, when I say end, that means I finished talking. So <laughs> I know you're wondering when to when to break in on this guy. No, not at all, not at all. No, no, my guests want to my my listeners want to hear from my guests, and 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 you are making some excellent points. Um, it does happen. I mean, I've seen that happen here, where people are ready to shoot. They've got the whole everybody's assembled, and and uh, one of the lead actors in a movie just said, you know, I, I no, I'm not going to do this anymore. And he yeah. held up the production for over a week while they had to recast. Um, in terms yeah. of the acting, what you said about professionals, 
the one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand when they look at IMDb is that, that you know, apart from the reasons why not to put extra credits on IMDb, is you'll see a one-liner, a two-liner, you'll see a one-scene, you know, part, and then all because the, Hollywood tends to break people in, they work them up a ladder, so that yeah. they, you know, they, so that they're prepared to handle larger roles, so that if they were to play opposite you, they would handle playing opposite you so that the the star or the other people involved aren't going to be held up so that you know they're not going to trip over their their cables and everything and and there is you know there are good and bad things about unions i suppose but uh, as a union actor i love having the union behind me and i love working with other unions and i do love working on a union production as a producer yes it's a headache it's a nightmare as a director you know it's a headache it's a nightmare but but there's something about Having everybody know what they're doing and know how to do it and when they're doing it and showing up on time and and uh, it, now, it, and, and, the, and those professional actors, Rex, that you're working with, whether whether you've had no experience or very little, uh, they're not they're not going to let you fail. You know what right. I mean? They're they're if they're working with that's how I that's how I started. To, I, I remember the first day I was on a set. I was in a background. I was extra. We now call them background, but I was an extra. And it was in this crazy, crazy movie called Change of Mind, and I don't even—I th- don't have it listed on my uh, IMDb. Uh, I don't even know if you can search it. But crazy thing about a, a white attorney who crashes his car, and, and his his brain is alive, but his body's dead, so they transfer it into a black guy's brain, into his head, so he becomes the white guy's brain is in the black guy's body, if you know what I mean. It was just a stupid uh-huh. movie. But I saw the director, and I saw him doing his thing, and I I said, that's what I want to do. Well, long story short, I eventually got to do it. But how I started practicing my craft, shall we say, is when I was an actor, when I was working in those episodes in Hollywood and things like that. And they'd bring on a what they call a day player. He'd be have he'd have you know he'd be the I'd have a scene with you know he's a shopkeeper where I say, have you seen so and so? No, I haven't. Well, did you did you see anybody here? Well, who who are you looking for, you know? And the guy would have to have uh, add a little bit of, you know, something to the scene, you know, whether suspicion or whatever. Sometimes they don't tell those guys. They don't even see a script. They don't know what the hell they're doing. So the director and some of those episodic directors didn't bother directing the guy. They, as long as he said his right lines and things like that, that was fine. And then... The, I could see the director, the actor was at a loss, so I would go over and I'd say, do you know what's going on here? And he'd say, no, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really sure. I'd say, well, here's what's going on. I'd explain the whole thing to him, maybe let him read the script, go over and read the, my script, and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's, how I, that's how I started, and he, and he would be much better for the performance. I mean, I remember one day, Rex, uh, uh, talking to a director, who shall uh-huh. remain nameless, and we sat for 20 minutes, in our chairs, our director's chairs. And he was telling me, this is when I first got to Hollywood, he was telling me that in television, and this is while the crew was setting up the shot, setting up the lighting, uh, setting up the track, setting up different things, and they were taking about 20, 25 minutes. He was telling me how there's no time in in, uh, episodic to talk to the actor. He spent 20 minutes talking to me about that. (laughs) <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, wait a minute, you're talking to the actor for the last 20 minutes now, you know. <laughs> so, so that's that's what you're faced with sometimes when you even when you work with a professional. So uh, 
So, yeah, when you're working with professional actors, they won't let you down. And <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's, that's so good to hear people say that because I believe that that's true because everybody, if, you're, if you are a pro and, and you have an established career path, regardless of where you are on that career path, you know, you have a lot of at stake to be in a movie. Yeah. So you want it you want it to work well and you don't want it to fail and you don't want the people who brought you in to fail. So I think yeah, you work I'm sure extra De Niro, harder. I'm sure De Niro, I'm sure you know, I'm sure Brando, I'm sure all these people, you know, and, and, and contrary to what Brando's reputation was, sure. I'm sure he would take that person aside and, and talk to him for a few minutes, even just a few minutes, if if he if the director wasn't doing it. Of course in most of their, their cases they have they were had great directors and and probably were talking to that actor but but once you're working with a professional actor whether it's on stage or in film or in television they're not going to let you be bad and 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 most good actors most talented actors whether they have no experience or whatever they'll rise to the they'll rise to the uh to the uh the level that's around them you know if you have a fabulous actor delivering you know, lines to you. It's hard not to be pretty good. It's hard not to, you know, and 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 I always advise actors. Uh, you know, they say, "What's the key to acting?" And and, and I always try to keep it simple. And my key, my key to uh, being a good actor is listen. Because I'm sorry. What you Ninety percent of act. Listen. Just yeah, listen. I was kidding. I'm sorry. I was joking. You. I was. I was... Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I, that was bad. I'll um, have to remember that one. Uh, I apologize. That's like the joke about uh, you know why am I such a good actor? You know, you know that why? one. It's a, it's why? a paraphrase of why am I such a good comedian? You ask me why am I such a say why am, why are you such a good actor? Say that. Why are you such a good actor? Concentration. No, that's not it. No, <laughs> never mind. Timing. Uh, uh, cool. Um, but that's so. So that's the that's the real secret. Is just listen, listen to what the other person is saying to you, and react. You know, I think I think that that you know it is. If somebody really studies acting on TV, and I do this constantly. I mean, I constantly watch things, and I and I go, my God, how beautifully understated these people typically are when they're good actors. Um, they're they're not pushing it. They you know. I don't know how to describe it. It's the kind of thing that you can look at and point to, but it's it's harder to to talk about. Um, but it but it truly is. It it, it starts with listening, and it start, and and when you listen and you and you're responding um, through listening, it, that's that's so much. I mean, everybody counts their lines, but it's really when you're not talking that you, that your presence is 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 felt. Yeah. I was uh, the last couple of days. I've, I've been kind of nervous about doing this show, and you know, because uh, uh, when you get as old as I do, you you start to think I'm going to forget stuff. I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I know when I go on a set, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what if what if that that thing hits me where I forget how to do things, you know? So so the last few <laughs> days, I've been I've been I, I've been kind of uh, surfing the net, and I found a couple of interesting things. I found one that where De Niro. You know, they said, what's my advice for acting? He says, keep it simple. Don't do anything, he says. You know, I mean, he's, he's oversimplifying right. it a bit. But he says, just just talk. Just look at the guy. Just talk. Just listen. He says, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you right now, he says to the interviewer. 
you know, your expression on your face could be you just heard some bad news about your family or something like that. It does, you know, let the audience, he says, let the audience, um, uh, let the audience uh, read into what your expression is, you know, what what's going on. And then I found another thing with, uh, with Brando being interviewed by uh, Dick Cabot. Uh-huh. And he says, well, you know, like uh, acting, you know, tell me about acting. He says, well, Brando says, everybody does it. And, and <laughs> Kevin says, yeah, but not, no, what do you mean everybody does it? He says, day to day, everybody does it. Um, and he's right, you know. You, I'm, a, I'm a, a great people watcher. I've been a people watcher since I was a very young man. And especially when I got into acting, my my background in my acting was uh, was a method. I, I in Toronto I studied with a guy named Eli Rill, and uh, he was uh, he had come up from uh, the Actors Studio in New York, and uh, he opened an actor studio on here. We didn't call it the Actors Studio, but it was basically Eli Rill. And I just started. I realized, you know, that you know he he said you have to watch watch people for behavior different things like that. And, I mean, I was so nuts about watching people that I would go to places where you could watch a whole bunch of people under unique circumstances. For instance, I would always, if anybody was going to the airport, I'd say, let me drive you. I'll drive you. And I'd drive them out to the airport, and they'd say, thanks very much. I'd say, no, I'm going to park my car, and you know, I'm going to come in with you and make sure you get off. And I'll, What? You know, well, I had an ulterior motive. What a great place to watch people at an airport. Because most okay. of the people are under some kind of stress or they're extremely happy. There's something going on. They're just not all sitting there. They're not all bored. They're, they're, they're concerned about the fight. They're concerned about their kids. They're concerned about their luggage. Stuff going on. So it's a great place to people watch. And, uh, and uh, you know, Brando pointed out that uh, in this uh, the short interview, well, it was much part of a much longer interview, but he pointed out that, People act day to day. You know, I remember I did a show, a film, about a father who sexually abuses his uh, his daughters, and it and it was nominated for a, a bunch of awards. It was a Canadian film, nominated for a bunch of awards. It was called Liar Liar, and it was basically a daughter accuses her father of uh, of uh, molesting her, abusing her, and uh, the father. You know, he seems like a very straightforward dude. He, You know, no, I would never do that. He, he seems like a loving father, all that kind of stuff. And I played that part, and and uh, uh, and people said, oh, that must have been so difficult. And I said, well, actually, it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't is you're, when I was first started, Eli Rill, we were at a workshop, and this actor got up and did a scene, and Eli watched it, and he said, finally he stopped the guy. He says, I don't know what scene this is from, what play or movie this is from you're doing. He says, but your character is lying, right? And the guy says, yeah, yeah, that's it, he's lying. And he says, well, I don't want to know that. Don't, and he, tell, he turns to all of us and he says, when your character's lying, don't tell us he's lying. Don't send that because how many times in real life has somebody lied to you and you believe them? Well, a lot, right? We've all, you know, we've all been lied to, and and we bought it. We bought it, whether it was our ex-wife or, 
you know, our girlfriend right. or the or the uh, you know uh, the teacher or somebody's lied to us. We believe them. They were telling us the truth. If somebody came to you a few minutes later and said they were lying to you, say no, they weren't. They're telling me the truth. Well, that's what you have to do. And so, when I played that character, it was very easy. I just played it like he didn't do it. In fact. In fact, I joked with my co- one of my co-star who played my wife. You know, we were talking about it, and she said, "Oh, blah blah blah." I said, "Hey, uh, don't don't worry. I'm appealing this. I'm having my lawyer appeal this. You know, because I didn't do it. And that's that's you just play it like you didn't do it. You you know, you let the audience find out. You let the the story tell the audience that eventually eventually they'll find out you're lying in this in the uh, story." So, you know, you don't have to do it. You don't have to sell it. And please don't. I don't want to know you're lying. It's going to ruin the story for me, you know? And <laughs> That's very, no, no, that's, that's very sound advice. I wanted to, um, to ask a, a few things. When um, you, you direct, and, and I want to come back also yeah. so that listeners know, I want to talk a little bit about Black Christmas and E&G and, and Porky's and, and, some of the, and, and some of your career movies, but you also direct. So uh, apart from what you said now, when you're directing an actor, what, you know, or somebody who's uh, going to show up on your set for the first time, whether, they're, you know, whether they've been on a set 100 times or they've been on a set yep. 10 times, what 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 do you look for? How do you how do you how do you want them to approach you and the and and you them uh, in terms of director actor relationships and 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 how to most easily work with an actor? Well, first of all, you have to create a, 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 a an atmosphere of total trust, and uh, and that's the same way you do it with somebody that you want to like you. You know, you you charm them, you uh, you. Uh, you demonstrate to them that they can trust you in some way. You you inform them. You keep them uh, informed on what's going on. Uh, I'm su- I'm surprised when some directors don't do, don't do any of those things, and particularly don't inform the actor. They uh, they uh, so you do that and. Um, uh, important thing for a director to do is, uh, when he's talking to an actor, is to uh, uh, talk quietly. And if it's uh, something that uh, could embarrass the actor, or you know, you know, you don't, you, you take him aside and talk to him. Uh, you might not. You might talk to him without informing the other actors what you're talking to him about. That's a that's a very common thing in in uh, method uh, workshops. Uh, you'll take two actors doing a scene or two actors doing an improvisation and you'll tell each of them something different. They, have, they each have a different uh, goal in the, in the scene or in the improv. And, and, and usually it's conflict. I mean, that's, that's what drama thrives on is conflict. So, so you want to create that. Uh, but, but mainly you just want to create a, a feeling of trust between you and this other person, which is what what I always try to do with anybody I'm working with or talking to, you know, you 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 want them to you want them to trust you, and uh, uh, and then uh, usually in that case everything goes smoothly, you know, because the the actor's under a lot of stress. I don't care. I I I just finished a film uh, for Hallmark, 
and I worked with a couple of great young actors, but I also worked with a great pro, Adrian Barbeau. Awesome. And uh, she's she's just fabulous. What a lady. And uh, and uh, man, I had to, you know, I said I got to I got to be on my game here. I got to be I got to be sharp because she's she's delivering, and uh, and I got to deliver. And I, you know, I was nervous. I'm I'm nervous anyway. Every time I every time I go out to a set, I'm still nervous. Uh, you know, forty five, forty six years later. And 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 nerves are good. Nerves are part of it. If, okay. if you're not nervous at all, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I mean, athletes are nervous. Athletes are nervous before the big game. Athletes are nervous. You know, it's it's part and parcel of 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 uh, working without a net, basically. And that's what actors we actors do. You know, we work without a net. We we go in. We don't know anybody if it's your first day, and suddenly, uh, suddenly we've got to d- drop any pretense and 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 uh, perform in front of a, a bunch of crew, some of whom are reading the newspaper and picking their nose. You know, it's tough. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely, uh, absolutely. So um, I, I wanted to point out to the listeners while we're at it, and I mean I'm jumping I'm jumping topics here that you have an article. Are you jumping on... the shark? Are you jumping the shark? <laughs> I hope I'm not jumping the shark, but I am. Uh, oh, I want I I just, to... uh, just a little. Ad- can I can I just put an addendum to me as a director? Yes, please. And some other directors, a couple of other directors I know do it, but most most don't. Most think they don't have time for it. One of the other things I do when I'm a director and I'm auditioning is uh, I send letters to all the people who didn't get the parts telling them that they were terrific and that uh, it was uh, it was just circumstance and it wasn't that you didn't do well you did and I was happy you came in and so on and so forth and uh, I've gotten some interesting responses to that one one response I got Almost right away, somebody sent me a letter saying, uh, sort of in big block letters, written, you know, hastily and angrily. You know, I don't need this. I don't need to have you tell me how good I was. I know I was good. Blah blah blah, and all that stuff. And I thought that was, I laughed. I thought that was great because, you know, more power to you. Go ahead. You know, that's fine. And but then uh, a, a, a year ago, I was. Uh, we had a big. Uh, they have a big Labor Day parade up here, and and we participated. And one one day I, I was marching in that, and uh, and some actor came, a Canadian actor, you know, local actor, came up to me and he said, Art, he says, I don't know if you remember, but you you sent me a letter that I didn't get the part. He said, I'll tell you, when I got that letter, I was I was before I got that letter, I was so depressed, I hadn't gotten any parts, blah blah blah. And I got that letter, man, and it just it just made me more resolved to just keep trying and he says and i have and you know i have a pretty good career and blah 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 and everything like that so there's the two sides of it but uh you know the reason i do that is it's always the letter i wanted to get right right because because in 46 years of uh of, of acting and auditioning and all that kind of stuff um man i've been to th- probably thousands of auditions and you can see by my IMDb list that I only got a uh, hundred or so, or you know more. I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of parts I didn't get. You know, I was yeah, second choice right. to Chris, Chris Walken in The Deer Hunter, so don't don't think that didn't hurt. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, no, you, you, this is an excellent point, and, and it also, more than anything in this day and age where, you know, everything is quick and people are, you know, on their phones 24-7 or looking at pictures or taking selfies or posting food pictures or whatever it is, um, uh, that it's still a, a business of relationships and it's about connecting and it's about uh, valuing each other and adding value. I, in, when I was, I was 22, 23 years old, and I was casting a movie that I was uh, going to produce, and I got a letter. It was, uh, he, it was printed on you know, paper with pen, um, not typed or, or, or a script or anything like that, but it was printed. And to this day, I remember the person and the letter. And, and about two years ago, I found this woman on Facebook, and I sent her a message, and I said, you, I want you to know something. You know, you didn't get the part, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, almost 40 years ago, or 30-some years ago, or whatever it was, you wrote a letter to me. I've remembered you ever since that day. I've remembered <laughs> your name. I know what you look like. You know, and that was one letter out of thousands that we got. We were inundated by everything. But she wrote such a touching letter. She yeah. connected with us. And, 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 and so for all these years, I remember. And she wrote back kind of like, oh, well, that's cool. I'm glad that it you know, made an impression. I mean, <laughs> 30 years later, I don't think she cared as much as I cared. But, um, well, that's the, that's the great thing about today with the social media. Um, you know, you can actually communicate with these people uh, as long as you're polite and, uh, you know, uh, you're understanding that they they may not necessarily want to be your friend on Facebook or your or uh, you know they may not want to react to you or something like that or or say much more than well thank you very much or something like that but but bottom line is you know man what I could have done with this back in the day you know I uh, when I was growing up when I was an actor and and going through all my stuff I had uh, I had four kids. I had three kids when I got right. into the business I, from a stockbroker, right. and uh, man, I could. Uh, I remember the union, the local union, put a put a phone number up where you could phone and find out how much work there was or what what, what was going on. And uh, like I tell people, you could phone that number and find out that there was nothing going on for the next month. So good luck. Right. Right. <laughs> Things right. were pretty slow back in those days in Toronto. You know, there wasn't a big. Uh, the big uh, runaway production happening up here. This is uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. And uh, and then I guess the second reason, uh, and I guess the reason that finally motivated me to uh, to finally try my, my hand in, in Hollywood was I had done a couple of big feature films. I'd gotten a lot of good notices and, and stuff like that, but there was nowhere to go here with it. Uh, uh, it didn't spurn... Uh, people wanting to hire me necessarily, and uh, and then on top of that, the Canadian government did a, uh, a sort of a tax break where they uh, you had a uh, you get a tax break if you use sixty uh, percent of the of the actor actors are Canadian. Well, right away the producer said, "Oh, you mean forty percent of the actors don't have to be Canadian?" So long story short, I was uh, I was. Uh, going in, I remember going in for uh, uh, Black Christmas, and uh, Bob Clark loved loved my performance. But he he gave me a scene to read that that wasn't even my, the character I was auditioning for, because the character I was auditioning for really didn't have a a big long scene. 
that he could judge my my talent with, and so he gave me the part uh, that uh, Kier Delay was had already been signed to do, and I I read it, and then he was kind of disappointed. He's told me that uh, he couldn't hire me for that role. Oh wow! And Olivia Hussey, who was back doing a film for the first time, uh, came up early because she was nervous about acting again. And uh, uh, Bob had me rehearse with her for two weeks before the film started. So not only did that give me a chance to work with a terrific actress and work with Bob, who I went on to do some more films with, as you know, Porky's and and stuff, but uh, right. I got a chance to I got a chance to work with a great actress, and I got also got a chance to watch him in between our rehearsals when we were rehearsing at the house what they shot it at but I got him to watch as um, different uh, people came in like the, the cinematographer or the sound man or the gaffers and different people and he had to talk to them about what he's going to require for this film so I got to watch him close up doing his director thing so it was like going to school you know Jeez, how cool is that well yeah. that's awesome so, you know um, go ahead yeah, no, that's that's just. I hope I answered your question there. No, I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, neither could I. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm kidding. Onward um, and upward, Rex. Onward and upward. Here's what I'm going to do. I mean, we're at about almost at that halfway point. I'm going to take a brief break, and we're going to come right back. And then I'm going to ask you a, a couple more things, maybe about an actor preparing and headshots, because you've written an excellent article on, on uh, how to deliver a good headshot. And I, and I want to tell people to uh, Google that. You could go Google Art Hindle headshot, and it'll come up on, uh, on Google. Yeah. Um, for those in the chat room, I have the link there. And, uh, and, and so. And I'm, I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually. I should have. Uh... I don't know if I've uh, I don't know if I've ever registered with you. I, I think I have, but I can't find my my password and all that stuff. But I am watching the chat room, so if you anybody wants to make oh. a comment, I'm yeah, watching it as well. Can, oh, that's okay. Then they can ask questions from the yeah. chat room as well. That's that's very cool. Yeah, and I all can right. see I can see the context of the question, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So I'm going to take a brief first break. Place I'm heading. <laughs> We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, getting a good headshot. Um, uh, and classes and scams and 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 watch what for what somebody's moving to Hollywood or somewhere where there's business. We can talk about that. And then, of course, I obviously want to talk to you, you know, about some of your films and television. So we've got more and to talk set with. etiquette. We're going to talk about. Let's talk yeah. about set etiquette too for young actors. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay. and we'll be back in just a moment with Mr. Art Hindle, who, by the way, you're also on Facebook, and I, I'll just mention that right there. So um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I do. I do uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Fantastic. All right. So we're going to take the break. You're listening to Art Hindle on Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name. All of the interviews record live. The chat room's open when we record them. And they're available 24-7 right there at RexSykes.com in the interviews blog. They're also available on Blog Talk Radio under Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And on iTunes, there is podcast. It's absolutely free. Download it to your favorite electronic device. And that, too, is Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the podcast. So uh, you've got a number of different ways to listen to uh, professionals like Art giving away secrets, tips, suggestions, advice, 
for how to advance your career and complete your projects and do whatever it is that you want to do, editors, writers, cinematographers, actors, directors, producers, etc. Uh, be sure to spread the word near and far. Share these the pages on Twitter and on Facebook and your favorite social media means, email, phone, however you like to do that. Uh, Google Plus, it really helps my guests and, my, and me when you help promote it and help share it and get the word out there. And do leave comments at the uh, player. Uh, if you can leave them now, go ahead and leave them now. If uh, you have to wait until after the show is over, please leave them there. But do not go away without leaving a comment, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening archived. So we're now back with Mr. Arkindle. And uh, we're back. What time? We're back. Perfect time. Yeah. Continuing the discussion. Perfect time. So. I was just going to say you're talking about social network, mm-hmm. um, and I'm on Twitter too, uh, and oh. social network uh, on what Facebook and you, Twitter, but. Do you, you want to give out your Twitter? You want to give out your Twitter? Oh, name? just my name. You know, I'm I, I'm oh, not trying to hide Twitter. anything. Yeah. Okay. So that people can follow um, you on Twitter, Artindle on Twitter. Yeah. The point I was going to make, though, about social networking, and it goes back to my thing about act uh, to be an artist is to be an activist, and uh, that means uh, uh, you know not just uh, defending your own work, but defending your union, defending. Uh, defending your right to be an artist and other people's right to be an artist, whether you agree or disagree. But social networking, for me, I think it goes hand in hand with social conscience. That that you should social networks are a great way to communicate injustices and uh, points of view, and it's a great way to communicate um, and have a discussion about differences of opinion where you can learn from other people. So um, you, so you won't much see me be posting uh, my next meal or uh, or something like that or, or you know, very rarely anyway. I mean, I, I'm not going to be posting my next meal, but I am going to be using it to try to further better mankind. So there you go. Very, very cool. Okay. Awesome. So... Um, Art, in terms yeah. of um, what we're talking about, let's 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 go with uh, the headshots. So, what are some tips that that actors can um, use to deliver a good headshot? Well, first of all, and the most important thing is, don't spend a lot of money on it. You know, you don't need to go and spend uh, ten thousand uh, dollars on a headshot. Believe me. You know, or a thousand dollars, or or ninety six different uh, poses, um, unless your agent says you need ninety six thousand poses. But I can't I can't ever believe that an agent's going to do that. You know, I mean, I remember back in the day, we used to have to shoot. Uh, well, in my case, I have I have three headshots that I I use, and I haven't I re- haven't really changed those that, that much. In fact, the same guy has shot my headshot all my life. Well. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do because he just passed away in November. Oh, Jesus. Very good friend of mine. But um, basically I have three headshots that I started using recently, and one is I have a beard. I think you posted that on your show. Uh-huh. Then I have a shot with me just with a jean shirt or something, uh, you know, just a smiley shot. And then I have a, uh, a man in a business suit. And uh, 
I think by, sort of towards the end of it, I've just decided just to just to use the beard shot mainly um, because it's just a, it, it sells what I'm all about and uh, and uh, that's all I need. But uh, you don't really need, like I said, you don't really need uh, you don't really need to spend a lot of money on a headshot. And and um, there's just a few requirements that I found out in talking to different people because I went and talked to some agents and things like that. And uh, you'll find all that in, in the article that's on uh, on Google. But um, you know, uh, just some things like keep it real, uh, make it arresting in some way. In other words, you know, make people want to look at it. Um, you know, something that grabs a viewer. Uh, and another one that I noted was uh, your photo isn't going to be the answer to can you play a lawyer, uh, but it is the answer to in the law firm, which lawyer are you? That's uh, a natural-looking shots, Fairly close. You know, you don't need... One of the things about for women is they don't necessarily want to see your chest. I know I know uh, some women, uh, you know, will post a, a headshot and and it and it dives down for some cleavage. You know, mm-hmm. it's really just head and shoulders is what you need, and and it's fairly simple, fairly straightforward. Uh, you know, it has to be a good facial expression, and it has to sell you. In an, you know, it has to make that person want to bring you in that's it's fairly simple and if they're bringing you in for your cleavage unless it's for the movie it's it's really not important <laughs> you know well, i mean there's you know i mean in other words from most casting standpoints that i am what i understand you're coming from is is you know you're looking for a, a particular look to bring in and if you're looking for a busty person or if, or if they're looking at a at a person's chest, it goes, wow, this girl's hot, then that's not necessarily why you want to be brought in. You want to be brought in because you're right for the part. Well, that's, well, that's right. But if, you know, if, if, if an actress wants to be brought in for her, her, her cleavage and her, uh, her attributes, uh, you know, I guess she should show them in the photograph, you know, if that's what, just what she <laughs> wants, you know, but I think most really serious actresses don't want that. And, and when you when you do that, you uh, you're inviting that kind of uh, attention, and then you're inviting everything that that kind of attention brings. Right, right. So regarding that was an excellent point. So regarding and, and those are good points on the on the headshots. What about schools and classes? I mean, people move to L.A. or they go into Louisiana or they're going to you know wherever they're making movies, and they're like, I got to break in, I got to get an agent. You know, what are the first things that that uh, you advise and and also warn against. Well, you you really again, uh, and it's all about money again. You don't want to spend money, a lot of money on a on a uh, <clears throat> on an acting school, and there are a lot of a lot of them out there. Uh, you want to do your research. You want to find out how good they are, uh, but you definitely don't want to spend a, month, a lot of money on. And if you don't have a lot of money. If you don't have the money to spend on a good workshop, uh, uh, and there are a few good ones, you know, that you can easily find if you just do your research, uh, 
the next best best thing is to is to find a group of actors that you know, and uh, uh, they might be involved in a in a little workshop that where you just get they get together and they read things. I know uh, I know back in the day a lot of uh, the Hollywood actors that I worked with they used to get together and do Shakespeare plays. They, you know, at somebody's home. They'd they'd uh, they'd cast it amongst themselves and. Uh, just so they they could keep their uh, instrument tuned to uh, doing uh, <laughs> something besides TV episodics and, and and that kind of stuff, you know that they you you just you keep you, whatever you just got to keep using your instrument. You got to keep studying. You got to keep using your instrument. You've got to uh, you've got to figure out how. To be yourself, you've got to constantly work on your on your method, whatever your method is. Uh, you you never ever stop studying and learning about acting. Uh, there's a lot to be gotten out of books, you know. Uh, Stanislavski wrote books. Uh, Michael Chekhov wrote a good book. Um, you uh, you've got to you've got to constantly work on your craft. Your craft. Your instrument is you, and that's what you have to keep working on. You have to make, you you have to make, uh, you have to make your instrument the best it can be, and uh, and it never stops. It never stops. So, very so good. there you go. Very good. And and now let's uh, talk a little bit about set etiquette because this is especially, I think, important. Um, for actors to know, and and uh, especially if you're working a professional or union shoot, uh, but it, I think it, it applies anywhere and everywhere. Although it's it's definitely um, I think I think critical when you're showing up on a, on a well-established production. What's that? I'm sorry, I missed that. The set etiquette. Oh, set etiquette. Yes, yes. I always joke with people. I, I did a set etiquette workshop once uh, for Actor Toronto, and first thing I said to everybody is, I said, I want to tell you first of all, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, I tend I tend to joke around a lot on the set, and uh, and and uh, the reason I'm able to do that. Is because I've been around for a long time. I'm, and usually, I'm playing uh, one of the leads on the show or something like that. So, so uh, I do joke around a lot. Uh, I, I always tell the young actors when they're kind of surprised with the things I'm saying and things like that. I always say, if my lips are moving, I'm joking. And then I point my finger at them and I say it. And if I'm not joking, you'll know it. So. <laughs> They get a little oh okay, um, but generally uh, it's just a few things I like to do, and I think an actor should look into doing. One of the things I like to do is if I get a job on a on a show, if I can, and I always ask first, you know, I kind of in a casual way, but I always ask if if they wouldn't mind if I drop by the set before I before the day I start working. That allows me to get to know the crew, the cast, uh, the director, and just to feel comfortable on the set. 
Uh, it's kind of like uh, what we used to do in theater, and I'm sure some of the actors out there still do it. You're doing a play, and a lot of actors, before half hour, they arrive even earlier than that, or if they just arrive at half hour, they uh, they go they go out on the stage before they let the audience in and uh, and start to feel their, their environment and start to feel, you know, if it's a living room set or a kitchen set or something like that, they'll go out and they'll sit and they'll kind of try to uh, start to feel comfortable in that environment. And it's it's not dissimilar to working in a film. You know, you want to feel comfortable around the people. You want to feel comfortable around the director. You want to feel comfortable around the other actors. You know, it's always nice to... Uh, get there a day or two early, come in, you know, you say hello to the makeup and hair people and you get to know them so that when you're coming in, you uh, you can chat with them. You may even get, if, if your character has a certain kind of haircut that's needed, you may come in a day or two early, get that haircut done then, you know, on your own time. Right. I mean, you, it's not, right. not like they're going to pay you necessarily to come in unless it's a, some drastic thing. But you come in and say, listen, um, I just don't want my hair to be cut on the day I'm working. You know, you walk in and there's, they're, they're going to do some radical military cut or something. You say, can I can I get it a couple of days early and can you shorten it down a little bit and then on the day maybe shorten it down a little more if, if we think it, it's needed and that kind of thing. Just so it doesn't throw you off, you know. You just kind of right. do that. So that's just... That's one thing I do. Another thing you want to do is when on your day you work, you want to get there early if you can. You know, if they tell you to get there at 8.30, you know, try to get there at quarter after or 10 after or something like that. You, you might have trouble finding parking or whatever. The last thing you, you, do, you want to do is be late. You don't want to be late for, for a job, you know. That just doesn't look good. It, it starts off late. You're going to spend the rest of the day trying to catch up. Uh, and you've cost them lots of money. Huh? huh? I said, and you've cost you them right? lots of money. I said, and you can cost them money. money. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're late, if you're late, and they have to wait for you, you can cost them a lot of money. I, I remember uh, one of your fans uh, is talking about a show I did. A, there was a fabulous Canadian show. It's on. He he mentioned it's on Facebook now, and I found out it is, and that's that's. I'm really appreciative of that. It wasn't on until. I guess he's posting them, so that's really exciting. I have, I have all the uh, the VHSs of it, but uh, but he's posting them all, and that's well, really exciting. He had a question for me about one show I got nominated for, and I think it was called Division of Labor. Was the the episode? An ENG. Um, I was coming down from. I, we were shooting that in Toronto. I was coming down. It was a Monday morning. I was coming down from uh, being up at a, a cottage, a, a lake outside of town, and I got caught in a tremendous, there was an accident, it was a tremendous accident, I couldn't, I couldn't move, I couldn't back up, I couldn't go forward, I couldn't do anything, and I was supposed to be in the first scene, and, Rex, I was directing the episode. <laughs> On top of it, oh jeez. But, wow. I had in my hand, a cell phone, one of those big old gray ones that looks like oh, a yeah. walkie-talkie. You remember those? With the antenna. With I the had antenna. one of those. And I yeah, and I directed that scene. I directed that scene from the car with me wow. in it. Now how I did it was I had the two actors come in, they're gonna come in and talk to my character. They came walking in, 
uh, I had somebody uh, in my costume, and I, my character had a particular, he had uh, suspenders in every mm-hmm. show. He had suspenders. They tried one time, one year they said, let's not go with suspenders. I said, no, we're, going, we're staying with suspenders. <laughs> I like the suspenders. So all I had to do was do a sh- uh, over-the-shoulder with the suspenders of these two people and have somebody read their li- read my lines off screen and 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 the director he had a cell f- uh, the assistant director he had a cell phone so here we were talking back and forth and I was listening to the take I wasn't saying action on the cell phone but nevertheless he would put the cell phone up and I could hear the actors talking I said that's fine print it okay you know we'll do a couple of close ups blah 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 did it and then uh and then uh, actually there was another scene where we could keep shooting that way. And so I did that. And then when I got in, we turned the camera around and did my, my wide shot and my close-up. Wow, so, cool. Yeah. So um, so that so things do happen. But, uh, but generally, you know, my advice is get there early. You'll be happier for it, and everybody else will be happier for it. There's nothing like trying to... Be as relaxed as you possibly can. Like I said, nerves are always going to be there. You know, uh, I'm sure young actors will ask, you know, can I, don't I, can't I, will I ever get rid of these nerves? Well, from what, from my experience, <laughs> you won't. But you use them. You know, it's uh, it's part of that uh, method joke. Is uh, you know, use use it, use it, use that that nervousness. That you know. I remember uh, uh, the method coach, Eli Rill, telling, uh, telling me one time I did something. I said, well, that's, you know, I, I, I didn't want to necessarily do that that way because, you know, it's going to be a problem to, you know, pick that thing up and take it apart or put it back. I don't know what it was, but something. It was going to be a problem. He said, look for problems. Look for problems when you're, when you're shooting something. Give yourself a task that is going to be problematic. Because what it does, and what it, what uh, business, for instance, when actors are doing business, we call it business. When they're doing something, when they're they pick to to, to decide, uh, listen, okay, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be taking my camera apart here while while I'm shooting the scene, or I'm going to be working on my bicycle. Can I be working on my bicycle here when I'm talking to this guy? Well, what that does sometimes, and what actors think it does, it does, and what the coaches, the reason the coaches think it does is because it it takes away your concentration on the lines themselves. So they don't sound as prepared and as practiced. You follow me? Uh-huh. Okay, Absolutely. just making sure you're there. <laughs> and, uh, I am. So Believe you, me, I am. <laughs> okay, so you, you, that's, that's, that's the trick of that is... Uh-huh. You have a little bit of business, so so that in concentrating on that bit of business, whatever it is, you uh, you uh, what you generate is a distraction from your lines. So that can only help because if you're just concentrating on your lines, sometimes they become too too forced, too too on point, and so so it's interesting to do that. Uh, cool. Some of the other things about set etiquette. Is there something question you wanted? No, no, that's okay. very cool. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, be prepared. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed these days on sets, it's driving me crazy, 
it drives me crazy in real life, but it drives uh-huh. it's driving me crazy on set, is cut back on the mobile, the mobile stuff on your device, on your phone, on your, what do they call those things? Your instrument, your damn... Right. IPad, iPhones, you know, electronic Yes, it it seems to have been surgically attached. I mean, you know, I've seen actors were ready to go, and they're still, you know, surfing or whatever the hell they're doing, you know? And, uh, you know, know, there's times when you you say, oh, I I better go talk to to that young actor about that moment and see if... uh, if she agrees with me that maybe we can do whatever, blah, 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 you know. And I go over, and there she is, you know, and I say, uh, Jenny, Jenny, can I talk to you for a sec? Uh, just a minute, Art, I'll be just, you know. Well, you know, I've lost my interest, you know, you know, that's just, just not what it's about, you know. When you're on the set, you know, it's... Uh, if you're on the set for nine hours, you, you, your mind should be on your acting and on your on the scene and on the work for nine hours, in some way. I don't. I'm not talking about just, you know, wide-eyed and focused to the point where your, you know, your jaws clenched and your eyes are wide open. But, you know, you should always be thinking because because you don't want to be, you don't want to have to say later on, oh, I didn't have enough time. They didn't give me enough time. To, <laughs> right. To do it right, you know, that's always the expression you hear. Oh, I didn't have enough time. You know, it's like that director I was talking to. There's no time to talk to the actors on the set. You know, you don't want to be one of those actors. I didn't have time to talk to the other actors. And so, you know, somebody says, why is that scene so shitty? Say, well, you know, I didn't have time to talk to the other actors. What were you doing? Well, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend on the, you know, the internet, and you know, but then I went to look for Art. He was, you know, I guess he'd been talking to me, and then I went to find him, and he he was busy, and then uh, we had to shoot it. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have to say that. You make an excellent right? point. I, I think no, I mean, I think that's truly an excellent point. I mean, especially in this day and age. I mean, it's like I'm driving with my teenage daughter, and she's on the phone constantly, and it's kind of annoying to me as a dad. So if exactly. If you're, if your actors and your crew are constantly, you know, you know, they're sitting on the sidelines tweeting and, t- and, and Facebooking and everything on their phone, um, there's a co- I, I want to piggyback on a couple of, of points with this. And one is, I think, you know, you got hired your, or you're working for free, but you, you got there, you got the part or you got the crew position. You should look engaged. You should be engaged, and you should figure out, is there anything that I can do to be helpful or at least look like I'm interested as opposed to you know going you know my facebook my phone is more interesting than what's happening here i i think that there's a almost a subliminal message that's sent uh when you disengage that is that is a non-useful non not wise career move to make Um, yeah so i'm I'm glad you brought that up now i'm going to share a story from my past rex i just want to say it goes to what i was saying about coming in a day or two early yeah. Sure. Also, also when you're when you're when you're you know you come in sometimes for the day, and you have a scene in the morning, and then you have a couple of you're off for a, a, till the afternoon, and they're going to shoot a couple other actors or something like that. Go and watch them. 
you know, you're you're allowed. You're you're part of the casting crew. You're allowed to be That's on the right. set. You're allowed to be around. You're allowed to go and 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 this might there might be an actor working that you might be working with in a couple of days. And and that actor's working their ass off and doing, you know, working the scene with the director and all that kind of stuff and maybe nobody's saying anything and the actor comes off, you know, uh they do a, a take and they come off and then he's they're adjusting something or something, and he kind of catches your eye. You catch their eye, and you say, "Hey, that's fabulous! I love what you're doing. That's great. I'm Art. You're. We're, we might be. We're going to be working this afternoon. I just love what you're doing here. This is great, or whatever. You know, sure. Just be charming. Be be engage. You know, I've got it here written down a note here. Engage, engage, engage. I've written it three times because that's what I mean. Engage, yeah, engage, engage. Engage with everyone. You're there. Listen, you wanted to be an actor. You wanted to have a job. You wanted to be paid for your craft. You you know, what was the what was the thing you hoped for when you decided to be a professional actor? Someone would hire you. <laughs> Someone would pay you money to to be in this movie. Whether it's a big part or a small part. That's all you wanted. You didn't care about billing. You didn't care about dressing room. You didn't care about, you know, uh, right. paparazzi. You didn't care about, you know, all you carried was would somebody please hire me just once so I can validate to my parents and to myself that I, I'm worth it, you know? Right. So that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna share a story. I was on a set, I, you know, and I, I got in, I got in makeup, and I was waiting to, to do something, and you know, just chatting or whatever. And now it's a month or two after the shoot, and this casting director calls me up and, and said, um, about something else. And I said something, and she said, oh, you know, on your last shoot, did we, you know, I got a complaint about you, and I said, you got a complaint about me for what? They said, well, you're talking about <laughs> directing, directing a movie, and I said, I don't think so. They said, well, they uh-huh. seemed to know that you were directing, and they knew. And I'm like, well, how on earth? And I, I mean, I racked my brain, and I racked my brain. I went over and over and over, and then I realized that the makeup person was somebody I'd worked with up before, and they said, how is your movie going, you know, that you're directing? And I said, well, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Well, the casting director's point was this. She said, you know, you were hired as an actor. Take your book yeah. and read your book and and be on the set but but think about it and I, i'm like what 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 happened they said well you know there's directors and producers there and they hear someone talking about directing another project think about their egos and i went what i mean you're what? right i mean well i mean you know in other words some people are fragile so she was like just just be sensitive to the fact that you know if you're out there and you're talking about but and i'm like but I wasn't talking about it. But then I realized, you know, she's got a point. She's, she's got a point. In other words, it's not for me to walk onto a set, and, and which I didn't. I mean, I didn't walk mm-hmm. on the set and go, well, I'm directing. And I'm directing. And I'm a, I would just yeah. conversing with somebody in the makeup room. But somebody overheard yeah. it and somehow took exception to the fact that I was just... And I think a lot of times, you know, actors do get on set and they go, what are you doing? They're, well, I got a lead in this, I got that, and I got this, I got that. You know, somebody else comes on and goes, well, I'm producing this, and I got that, and I got this, and I got that. And it becomes this kind of like um, we're going to share our resumes and, and see who's got the best current thing going right now. And, and you know, and there are... I, 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 think that's, I think that's much ado about nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked. I, I, I find that uh, most of the time I'm on the set, maybe it's different at the sets I've been on or, or the sets It could be. I, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, but if, if you will... We're all, 
we're all filmmakers. Uh, I, I remember I was on a set. I was on a set years ago, and it was a low budget thing. And uh, I mean, whether it was the grip or the uh, <clears throat> or the uh, PA or the whoever it was, these were all they were all practically burgeoning filmmakers. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many the percentage of these filmmakers who went, these guys who were working in in what you. You know, Joe Jobs, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but, you know, I'm just for sake of right. saying, who went on, you know, three of them went on to be famous Canadian directors. One guy who was delivering the, he was he was picking up the, the, the footage at the end of the day and driving it to Toronto to, uh, to be processed. This is film back in the day. And then the next, I, and then the next morning he was picking up the side, the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, dailies, we called them, which were just the shot footage from the day before, and he was driving back up, and that's all he was doing was driving back and forth at night, right? And and uh, he went on to become a famous Canadian director, and his first film that he did, uh, ironically, was called Roadkill, <laughs> which probably had something to do with the, the sights and sounds he saw driving back and forth. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, uh, while we were shooting that film, there's constant talk about other projects and other things like that. That's how, that's called networking. Well, it's and true. what better and place to network than on a film set? Right. And so I, 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 I wouldn't blame ahead. you if if you're you're the actor and you're on the set and you're standing around and and we're about to do or we're doing a scene or we did a scene and and say, all right, I love working with you. Listen, I'm doing a film. I'm directing a film. Can I can I send you a script? Sure, you know, and and uh, hey, uh, Mr. Grip, can I talk to you for a second? I'm shooting a film. I'm directing. I'd love to. I've been watching what you've been doing on this. Would you consider coming working for me? I might not be able to pay you what you're getting on this big film, but blah blah blah. Who's who? Who in the right mind is going to? You know, I I just can't get my head around what that casting person said to you. Well, it, it, so. here's here's my point. I mean, I understand it. it. I hear it. I know what she meant. Right. But no, my and my I, point. It's not is, my. It's never been my experience. No, and it's the first time in in all the years that I've been involved that anyone's ever called me on it. But the thing is, is that uh, where I think she had a where I think she was right, and 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 I'm not trying to set a rule here. I'm saying the key is what you said engage 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 the key is is to be sensitive to be observant to notice what's going on around you had i had i been maybe more astute or alert and paid attention i might have seen somebody re- respond to my statement and have been been able to uh, adjust my behavior there i mean this wasn't a conversation that went on for hours this yeah. was something that happened in no i know five. and in fact so, and in fact rex so, your point is that you didn't you didn't do it hardly at all somebody must have overheard a single comment at a single time and taken it out of context or or gotten their little their little feelings hurt you know right I, right you know, and, I, and, I just and, think i think it's bullshit is what i uh, my <laughs> opinion and and and, <laughs> and uh you know i mean uh, i understand like i said i understand what the casting person is saying i right. appreciate that she feels she can say it to you and that she understands that you won't have your feelings hurt about it and she's trying to protect somebody and all that kind of stuff, but it's bullshit. Well, and, and I appreciate I, I, but, you saying that. But because... if we're talking about young actors and they're listening to this and they're saying, well, you know, then what should I do? You know, I'm saying, well, you know, judge the lay of the land. Um, 
you know, uh, if somebody says, you know, you shouldn't do that, well, you can say, well, Art Hindle said it's okay. But therein is why I brought it up, because because obviously, I mean, it is something, you brought up the other points about networking on a set and being able to ask people, and, and that is, in fact, how a lot of us get work and new opportunities, and that is, is the way people connect. So, uh, yeah. you know, the, but the key, I think, always is to be sensitive to your environment, be sensitive to the people that you're around, add value to them whenever you are able to, and, and be engaged. Don't, don't tune out. Yeah. Don't, don't engage, tune out. engage, engage, you know. Right. So. Basically, leave your friggin' device in your dressing room or in some safe place. And certainly, you know, my advice, don't bring it on the set. You're liable to leave it on. You're liable to ruin a take. I've seen that happen more times than I, I can count. And, I have got to you know, say, I mean, you know, I, I work as a director <laughs> and an AD and different things, and I was quieting a set one time. I told everyone, I said, okay, shut off your phones. Don't put them on airplane. Shut them off. Get them off. Be yeah. quiet. And I walked off, and my phone went off. And I was like, I, can't, I cannot believe that my phone was on. I thought I had turned it off. So I mean, I yeah, learned the yeah. hard way. You know, you need to. No, we've all done it. We've all we've all done it. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not casting. I'm not saying I haven't done it once or once or twice. My phone didn't go off. I was lucky uh, one time. Um, uh, you know, I blame that on uh, my lack of technical expertise. You know, <laughs> I have an excuse. You and me, you I, and me both. Well, my I, whole excuse is I'm I'm old, you know, so I can I can I can. Uh, uh, it's a perfect excuse for everything, you know. <laughs> Art, we have only you know maybe like uh, seven or eight minutes left at the very best. Um, let me ask you. Oh, can um, we can we go on? I mean, what? We, you know what? We'll have you back. We're going to have you back. We're going to okay. talk to our people are enjoying this, and uh, and we'll have you back, and we'll let the listeners know when that is. But um, I wanted to ask you about. The two films, uh, one a little, just a story or anecdote from Black Christmas, and one maybe from Porky's, and uh, and uh, because I know people are interested in that as well, and have asked yeah. that that you share something from those. Well, Black Christmas. Uh, are you talking about a particular thing, or are you just? Oh, you my, just said, my, please my... have Bart talk about Black Christmas. You know, and I was like, okay, yeah. hey, you know what. Well, that was that was a fabulous experience because it was my first working with Bob Clark, who I I think is a god amongst directors, and and I don't think he ever got the real chance that he should have had to to do the great work that he could have done, uh, and and he died too young in that terrible uh, car accident. Uh, I ended up doing Porky's with him, which which uh, a lot of people criticized Porky's as being uh, uh, one of those uh, teen mindless movies where when you look at it uh you know as the old actor who was dying said they said he was dying and and they said oh sir reginald you're dying it must be hard he said no he said <laughs> dying is easy comedy is hard <laughs> uh, i'm sure everybody's heard that many times but but that's the truth and 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 porky's is very funny, and it's very funny not just because of what's going on the screen, but how it was shot. I mean, that's the that I've seen stuff that could have been funny and it was shot badly. Um, Black Christmas, uh, you know, Bob was a, a master craftsman. I remember a sound guy coming in when I was rehearsing with Olivia, and uh, 
the sound Bob said, I want a certain thing when the choir's singing outside the door, and he the sound guy said, oh, I, I can't, I, some kind of reverb, something I don't know, real fat, blah, blah, blah. and and the sound guy said, no, I don't think I can do that. And Bob said, well, if you if you rewire the thing and you pull it back and you take over and you put a mic here and then you take blah, 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 all this stuff, right? And the sound guy listened, and then he went, yeah, yeah, I could do it that way. I never thought of that. Wow, what a moment, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The other moment in, in Black Christmas was uh, uh, a moment when Olivia Hussey comes to me, and I'm supposed to be playing hockey in the script, and it says uh, she can't get my attention. And uh, uh, I'm supposed to be one of the skaters going up and down the ice. She can't get my attention. I said, Bob, why don't you make me the goaltender? And they're having a goalie drill where they just keep firing shots at the goaltender, and you can have shots banging off the boards, and, and you can make sound effect, and because it's very tense at that moment in the film. And he said, "Oh, great idea!" So I thought, "Oh, I, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a filmmaker too, you know. I'm giving an idea." And then they brought in this, uh, these college kids to play the hockey players, and he said to them, "He says, now remember, this guy, actor is not a goaltender, so just keep the shots low, okay?" Well, I must have taken about a dozen or more off my face mask. <laughs> so, so you know, watch watch what kind of filmmaker you become. You could screw things up, you know. And what was the well, other one? Uh, well, it, it, it was just to, to, to comment that we should, we should were, save that for the next time, right? Well, we could, we could. Because um, I got lots of stories talk, about the films I've done, you know. The, well, that, that's cool. We've got maybe four minutes now, and uh, or three. Oh, good. So. Okay. So um, uh, let me let me swap back. We we went to um, uh, I think we well we talked about acting classes and we talked about yeah. uh, watching out for scams and spending money. Um, yeah. And um, uh, what about any final just a, a tease for the next time you come back for you know preparation? Well, as, I just want to give I, I do want to say one thing to young actors uh, that I, I've heard many people say and and I believe it. You know, basically figure out how to do stuff, how to act for yourself. In other words, and and another way of saying it is never imitate another actor. I remember. In Eli Rose's workshop one time, this actor got up and he was doing this scene, and Eli was quite insightful about some things, and 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 he, he kind of finally stopped the actor and he said, uh, he said, I'm interested, I'm curious. And this guy was kind of a, you know, a heavy uh, kind of nondescript guy, and he says, uh, he says, I get the feeling that you're acting. And you're really being influenced by kind of how you think you look rather than who you are. And and he said, now, I want to ask you something. I want you to be really honest. And, and we were all really honest because this is our intense workshop, right? So I want you to be really honest. Who do you most think you look like amongst famous actors? And this guy said, uh, he kind of chuckled, and he said, uh, <laughs> Paul Newman. And we all fell over. We all follow. He was about as far away from Paul Newman as uh, as Paul Giamatti is from Paul Newman. Okay? Uh-huh. okay. And and he said, well, that's see, you're trying to do it as if you were Paul Newman. You're trying to do it the way you think Paul Newman would do it, and that's getting in your way. You've got to do it the way you think 
you would do it, the way you would be. That's what you've got to think. So that's that's very important. You've got to try and figure out who you are, and you've got to try and the first way you've got to start trying to do it is do it the way you would do it. You know, you you probably won't go wrong. That's excellent advice. It truly is excellent yeah. advice. Art, yeah. I got to tell you that this has been an indeed uh, indeed has been a pleasure, and uh, and as we approach you know running out of time here, I, I want to say again to the listeners who are out there that Art will be coming back. We'll we'll pick a time and a date. We'll let you know when that's. I'd love to. And there's things that I one of the things that I want to I definitely want to talk about in the future show is you know you've starred in series and you've guested in series and you have smaller parts in series, and the difference between. That kind of adequate. In other words, if if uh, 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 an actor with one line comes up to you, who's the star of a show, and says, "Can we re- rehearse?" or do you, do you go and you know ask people if they'd like to run their line? You know, just to talk about the difference between you know starring in a in a series and and guesting in a series or 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 working. So that's just a, a tease for the next time. And uh, but you've been absolutely fascinating, wonderful to be here today. I appreciate it so much, and I thank you for appreciate your time. You too, right. And uh, I'll talk Thanks to you for just listening, a, everybody. Just a couple minutes, and uh, and uh, and thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for asking me, Rex. You've got go. a great show. I'm a thank listener. you. Art. <laughs> I appreciate that kindly. All right, uh, I'll be back with you in just a moment. And uh, and that was Mr. Art Hindle. I'm so glad that he was here with us. It's been an enjoyable uh, morning, and I want to thank you for listening live and or archived, and for being in the chat room. And uh, and uh, know that Art will be back. Um, there's a lot more to talk about. And I've got a lot more fascinating guests coming up. I believe my next guest is Chris Mulkey. Chris Mulkey is uh, uh, an actor. You know him from Twin Peaks. You know him from Captain Phillips. You know him from uh, many different movies. He just worked recently with uh, Joe Peptone, who uh, we had on the show as director. And... Uh, and uh, Many, many different movies. Uh, plus, we've got writers and directors and producers and all sorts of other people coming up soon. So stay tuned to Movie Beat. Stay tuned to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. It's the Facebook Friends page because that is where I let you know about upcoming shows and guests and there's articles and posts and conversation and networking and, and all that sort of stuff there. My own website is under development. It has been for quite some time. I have a delinquent uh, web developer been trying to track down uh, so that he finishes the job, and uh, and until that's done, I haven't added any written content to uh, RexSykes.com except for the interviews. So if you go to RexSykes.com and go to Interviews Blog, there you'll find, you know, the the uh, both live and the archived shows. All right, you can follow me on Facebook at, uh, I'm sorry, you can follow me on Twitter at RexSykesMovieBT, RexSykesMovieBT on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. So please do that. By the way, Art Hindle is on Facebook. He's got that article I mentioned before. Art Hindle headshot, Google that. Art Hindle headshot, Google that, and uh, you'll come up with the article. It's a great article on on uh, how do you determine the headshot that you want to use, as well as it's A R T underscore H I N D L E on Twitter. It's Art underscore Twitter on uh, Art underscore Hindle on Twitter. So be sure to follow Art on Twitter. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Oh, 
Uh, today we did the show on Wednesday because I have a commitment for tomorrow. Uh, most of these shows are going to be airing on Thursdays, live, 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 8 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, stay tuned. That's If you miss who's coming up, you can almost faithfully uh, hit the Rex Sykes Movie Beat uh, thing and find out or go to Facebook and find out. Uh, but that is pretty much the standard time for uh, a little bit of the future at least, um, every Thursday at that time. And also, please do share these interviews with everyone near and far, and please leave comments on the player, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, whether you listen live or archived. It really does help my guests out in terms of promoting them, and it helps me out in promoting them. So uh, I appreciate when you do that. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.